Well, my name's Jason Menarchuk. Shabbat Shalom. I find it such an honor to be with you this morning and spend time with you. Um, and in my heart, what, what you'll find in me is that just God gives me the orientation to be an encourager and an exhorter. Um, sense of uh, affirmation, challenge, charge, so that there's some, something we can use for new growth in our lives in connection with the Lord. And uh, um, some of the times I, uh, one of my jokes that maybe I am, I'm the only one that thinks is funny uh, is that um, my last name is 10 Letters of Polish Glory um, <laughs> because, um, you know, uh, it's Menarchuk, but it's said so differently in so many different ways, uh, depends on where I'm at. And it speaks to, you know, how I was raised, the culture, the 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 origins of where I came from, and uh, it's very, very rich in re- reference to international uh, culture. So on my dad's side, 100% Polish, and, uh, and that's a Polish Roman Catholic family. And so uh, devout attendants, uh, prayer warriors, um, very um, committed, like a, a, a discipled commitment towards the things of God, towards the scripture, towards holy things. Um, and so if I were to, as a boy, stay overnight at my Catholic grandmother's house, I was praying the rosary before he went to bed. And on my mother's side, uh, born in Israel, Israeli, and then moved to New York City, Orthodox Jewish, and um, just the identity of being connected to God is so ingrained. I have sound bites as a little boy of not knowing what I've got my what I was born into and what I've got myself involved into. But but I remember my Safta grandmother in Hebrew would say, You are a Jewish boy. You hear me? Say it. So I'm like, okay, so I'm a Jewish boy. I still didn't understand what was going on, but she was with their all of her heart, soul, mind and strength and bone marrow is trying to say, This is your identity. You don't miss this. This is really, really critical. So so there would be like times I was telling everybody last night there, we'd be out to, to lunch or something like that, and she'd dive over the table to put a napkin on my head uh, so that I have a kippah on, because I didn't have a kippah just to pray the bracha, right, over lunch. So it was like, wow, uh, such extremes uh, in reference to, you know, connection to God, expression of love, and that's, that's like, I, that God gave me a very rich heritage, but it was connected to um, my, you know, uh, my um, ancestry, if you will. And then my parents, um, my, uh, my parents came to faith in the 70s during uh, the Jesus movement, and uh, it's, it's quite an A, man, I don't even know if you, it's, it's quite a tale. My son would call it, like, that's total lore, Dad. Like, it's legend, you know, the, the way we tell stories. And my mother um, was invited by my aunt to a full gospel businessman's breakfast, hosted by Catholic charismatic movement <laughs> during the Jesus movement. <laughs> and while they were there for breakfast, um, a, a Messianic rabbi, um, one of the early, early leaders and voices and founders of the Messianic movement was uh, Dr., or I don't think he was a doctor, but Rabbi Martin Chernoff uh, was the speaker, standing there with a kippah and a talit, and he leads provocatively and says, do you know who killed Jesus? Uh, and the hush goes over the crowd. 
uh, and there's this like tension in the air. And my mom said that inside of her was this sense of, is this anti-Semitic again? Is this where you say we're the Jew kill- Jesus killers, the Jews are the Jesus killers? And she was just so like guarded. And then he said, I did. You did, and you did, and you did, and you did. And it was our shortcomings. It was our sin. God had to rescue. He had to provide atonement. <laughs> so he came as Yeshua to create that atonement, that connection, that, to make things right between us and God. And she got it. It wasn't complex. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, too far-reaching. It wasn't over-theological, <laughs> if you will. And so that created a transformation in our household. I, I guess I would say, from what I could tell, my father uh, began to hear that music and, and the teachings, and it gripped his heart. He came to faith in a personal way, deeper than maybe where their religion, uh, religious roots were. Um, and so it, 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 I would say it changed our family tree. The love of Yeshua changed our family tree. And uh, very quickly, um, uh, everything changed, and they were, they were saying as new believers, what do we do now? You know, what do we do with this? Like, Catholic boy and a Jewish girl, like, what, what's going on here? And so they were encouraged to go and find a congregation that believed in the, the entire, the whole counsel of God, the, from Genesis to Revelation. So they ended up finding a Pentecostal congregation a block and a half from our house. <laughs> and so, <laughs> literally not two blocks, uh, and that became our hub, our family. You know, we had a, that Polish clan family, I'm one of five kids, and then the, the, the neighborhood congregation, that was very, wow, very rich, very deep. And honestly, um, um, you know, uh, the easiest way to say it would be very zealous for the Lord, very radical. It was a radical change in their life, and it, it just permeated our household. And so um, one of the things that, you know, we joke about is that, you know, maybe we were confused as kids for some of the time. Like, what do we believe? I'm not sure. I just got done praying the rosary, and she loves God, and I'm praying the bracha and speaking Hebrew with me. She loves God, and my parents are like this is a complete change inside of their heart and mind. Like, you can see their lives are changing, growing, and they love God. It was like, wow, I had a heavy dose of, of expressions and ways to come to God. And so I remember, um, I remember having to, as I moved on in my journey with the Lord, I had to go, what do I, what do, what do I believe? Like, n- not what I was raised with, not the beauty of the things that I enjoyed, but what do I believe? And I had to, it was like a really important uh, point for me. And I know how God uh, reached me, and I mentioned that in a little bit, but I want to just fast forward you to some years. I'm about... Uh, 28 years old, so forward in my journey, and um, we were in Tampa Bay, I was married to my college sweetheart, we had young kids, and uh, I got a call, uh, we were attending a, a community called Bethel, um, AG over there on uh, Hillsborough Ave near Seminole Heights, and I got a call, and uh, they said, hey, um, something's happened, you know about the spiritual emphasis weekend that's coming up? Yep, yep, looking forward to it. Uh, well, something happened. Someone got really, really sick. Someone that was going to teach one of the workshops. And so we need someone to cover and teach and lead that workshop. And so I was like, okay, well, what, what are we talking about here? And it's like, it's a three-hour workshop 
the person that was going to teach it is going to teach on faith for three hours. And I had a, hour, a, a day and a half advance notice. <laughs> I, found, I found every excuse I could say to say, I don't think so, I'm not sure, probably not. And they're just like, we, don't, we believe that you can do it. Um, and we trust you, we see God in you, just take that step and lead, and the Lord, will, the Lord knows what he's doing. And I was just so, so wrestling with that. And I don't know if maybe some of you guys can understand that sense of wrestling in your journey where there's that next step of growth, and you're not quite ready for it, and someone's pulling you into it. Um, but it was really powerful for me, and so I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it with, with the best that I got. No, no sooner than I'm off the phone that I go, if I somewhere to ask me right now, what is faith? I couldn't give them a clear answer. And it was a really important point for me uh, to wrestle with and come to. <laughs> this is the foundation of everything we have, right? What, faith is the door. It's the foundation of everything else that we add to it, right? So I remember um, I could list... Uh, I, Thank God for my dad. Uh, he, he, taught, he wrote songs in the house so we would memorize scripture. I went to, uh, you know, schools and, um, you know, camps and, and groups that I memorized a lot of scripture as a boy. So I could rattle off scriptures, right? So uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. The righteous shall live by faith. faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. By grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, right? So I could rattle it off, but I, the, the, the richness of the heritage that I was around spiritually was so deep that I, it became common knowledge, common language to me. Does that make sense? Like I could, I could quote scriptures off the top of my head, but I didn't necessarily slow down as a boy or a young man and go, whoa, that's deep, or that has really meaning. I understand what I'm saying, right? Um, so, you know, last night I, um, I was sharing that, you know, I remember one of the earliest passages I memorized was John three sixteen and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, should, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Powerful things, I'm just rattling them off like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? But that's just the idea of getting these things as a child. But then there's a moment, what does that mean? Do I believe it? What am I saying? What, what, how does that have to do with me and God? So I remember um, just kind of going, okay, I'm going to start studying faith really fast. And whatever I learn here in a day and a half, I'm going to have to teach on Saturday morning. <laughs> it's like, wow. So God help me. Um, and I want, to, I want to encourage you on something that I bumped into um, is that if you, if you get to a point and you're not sure or you're not understanding what God's saying in the scriptures, find a way, go back to the beginning where the concept was first introduced by God to us, right? So we see that in um, movies these days, um, like the comics, comic series or the Marvel movie series, where they have these origin stories, like, you know, Spider-Man this, Spider-Man that, but when did it actually happen? In the laboratory, right? And he was on a school trip, and 
something happened in the laboratory and he gets bit by a spider. The origins really help understand everything that's happening about the character and his journey and how things develop. Does that make sense? So the, uh, the teachers of the Torah um, were actually really trying to um, catch Yeshua's understanding of the Torah, and they're asking him about divorce, remember? And I remember just, it's really, really awesome. Yeshua said, hey, Moses allowed that because you had hardness in your heart. But that's not how it was in the beginning. So I'm not talking about divorce right now. I'm talking about that insight that Yeshua gave to us right there in the spot. Is go back to the origins, the foundations, right? And that will give you clarity when you move down the timeline in your journey. Does that make sense to you guys? So, so in this sense, I was like, I've got to know what faith means. I've got to study this out, wrestle with it, uh, take the reality, and oh, by the way, this is a new development between me and God in our relationship because I'm asking him about what this thing is that I believe. It was awesome. So I bumped into the passage. Everyone knows Hebrews 11, um, and it's the faith chapter. So I'm going to go there, and I chose today on purpose to not really go with tech, but just slow things down and have a family conversation, if that's okay. Um, so Hebrews 11, if you want to go there, and if you don't, you can just listen and let the words wash over you. Hebrews 11, we're going to go to verse 6, but verse 1, faith is the substance of things you hope for, and it's evidence of things you can't see. For it, for by it, the elders received commendation. By faith, we understand the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen did not come from anything visible. That's really deep. You should take some time and dig into that. I'm going to stay focused on something very clear for us today. Um, but imagine that, that what is seen did not come from anything visible. <laughs> it's wow. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice. Through faith, he was commended as righteous when God approved of his gifts. And through faith, he still speaks, although he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken as to not see death, and he was not found because God took him. For before he was taken, he commended, he was commended as pleasing to God. And verse 6, now without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those for the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Now, that was another one I could quote, but I was like, well, what is that? Because if I don't have that definition, that understanding, that connection with God, I'm not pleasing him. And I want to know how to please God. I, want, I need that clarity on this. So... It turns out the Greek word that is used for faith in that moment is it's a Greek word. It may sound a little odd, but it's pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And the definition of, of that in Greek in English is persuasion. It's a sense of being convinced. <laughs> and when I saw that, when I saw that, a couple of things happened. What? I never heard that before. How come never, no one ever said that to me? How come I hear the definition of faith by using Bible verses that include the word in the definition, right? It didn't add any clearer. It kind of felt circular to me as a young man. 
So I was like, wow, without persuasion, without this convincing, this element of feeling, sensing, knowing, fully leaning into this, I don't have a chance of pleasing God. There's something else that we need to add to, to get to that mo- moment where we're in, a, we're in a pleasing relationship, back and forth with God. And, I, and it gripped me. The second thing was that I see that if it's persuasion, I can't generate that myself. So where's the source of the persuasion? He is. His love, his spirit, his ability to reach you and speak to you, his ability to uh, call those things in your life that are stumbling blocks to you. That way where he reaches us like only he can. <laughs> kind of like, you know, those parents or maybe you guys know uh, grandparents, they, they deal with each child uniquely. They know how to love them all, but they know this one has a sensitivity. This one's very uh, uh, forthright and decisive. This one's just happy-go-lucky. But they know, they learn with God's help to reach each child uniquely. God does that with us. And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. I don't generate this. God does. I respond. I accept it. I receive it. And I activate it. Right? So just for application, I want to take you back sort of towards the beginning, uh, towards the origins here. And if you are the type that likes to go to your Bible app or your Bible, I'm going to go to Genesis uh, chapter 12. And look how just briefly look at the story of of Ram, that moment uh, where God started the persuading with him, and just examine that. Just work through that a little bit, okay? Who's with me? All right. Genesis, Bereshit, uh, 12, verse 1. Then Adonai said to Avram, get going from out of your land. That's a Hebrew phrase that do on Parsha, the Torah portions, Lech Lecha, get going. From your relatives, from your father's house, into a land that I will show you. My heart's desire is to make you into a great nation, to bless you, to make your name great, so that you may be a blessing. My desire is to bless you. Whoever curses you, I'll curse, and in all you, the families of the earth will be blessed. So Abraham went. Just as Adonai had spoken to him. So we'll just pause there. Let's examine this briefly from the perspective of Abram. Okay? So to this point, we're on the other side of the flood, right? We're on the other side. Things have been reset, God has taken on evil. Uh, at such heavy levels in the earth to restart. And now he's coming to someone who isn't Jewish uh, to start something and create a group of people, a a set-apart people, so that that people will help reach all nations. He had in mind all nations, the entire world from the beginning, right? Um, And so he's speaking to Avram and really... At that point, there's not, if you look at the first, you know, the, the, the text leading up to this, there's not a lot of interaction with God and humankind. <laughs> it's just the world's kind of getting back together. And then Adonai speaks to Avram. They don't have a relationship at that point. At least it doesn't point to that in the text yet. 
So this is new. God's revealing himself. He's touching to another human. Hasn't in a while. And he says, leave. I'm going to bless you, but you need to leave, and I'm going to set aside territory for you. Okay, some of you are like me. You go, all right, I heard this. What's your point? The point is, in that time, he was in Haran in the desert. Where was he going to go if he leaves his family in the desert? He's going into more desert, right? So first of all, he has to leave his family. Not an exciting idea, the people you love, the people who raised you, your clan, right? You're leaving. Second of all, in the desert, in these scenarios, without established territories, you are losing your protection, your military protection from other territories and bandits. And by the way, wild animals. Uh, I was in Africa in the Kalahari Desert, and they have to set up vines that turn in the pickers, you know, the, they have the thorns, like barbed wire to protect from jackals and lions. I mean, you have to have an entire system set up to survive in the desert, okay? Then, if he leaves, where is he going to be going? If he leaves the land where he was with his clan, where is he going? He's going into other people's territories. If you just read a little further past this passage, he is going through other lands. They're talking about other people groups. What did you have to do? You'd have to go to the chief and say, can we pass through? <laughs> Here's some gifts. Please don't fight with us. We're not here. We're here in peace. He was going to have to do that day in and day out after leaving his clan. Wow. Very, very risky. Are you with me? That's, that's no easy thing. That's not like, hey, God's called me to move to Tampa and pray for the region. I'm not walking through territories and bandits and wild animals and things like that. I can get an apartment or a house and do work and pray, right? This is different. So what happened between God, Adonai, and Avram that, persuade, that persuaded him to do it anyway? That's faith. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's, that was generated by Adonai, not Avram. Avram accepted it. He said, okay. And he did it. It's wild, right? So do you feel the depth and the weight of that definition of faith for you? Um, do you feel the difference between that and just like, I believe God is good? Do you see the difference? <laughs> he risked his life, his family, his protection, his future. And by the way, let's remember, where was he going again? Not yet revealed, right? We know he had to give up his wife at certain points. We know that he had uh, to fight bandits. We know he had to rescue his nephew. <laughs> it was going to be quite, quite a journey. God did something. He reached Adonai, uh, Abram. He reached him, and Abram knew this was the living God. This was the Almighty. This is something he has for me. I don't know what it looks like. And even in, later in Hebrews, it says he went not knowing. Right? That is powerful. We are not talking about, do you believe in, in, in eternity? You know, that's a very, very big concept. But Abraham was dealing with life and death the next day that makes sense, and that risk for his family, right? Isn't that awesome? Furthermore, he would have to be a sojourner. Um, 
And then one of the definitions of faith in Hebrew is amunah. And in, the, in Israel, if you have a, a nonprofit or a 501c3, that's, they call them amunah. Um, but the definition of amunah is a sense of steadfastness, a faithfulness, a persistence. Right? So it's not a one-time thing. Right? It's something that has substance to continue <laughs> with steadiness. So in, uh, in Genesis 15, when uh, it said, and Avram believed God, and God gave him credit. He was, in right, it was righteous. He became righteous and right standing with God. He didn't ask for a sign. He just said, okay. And lech lecha, he got up and got going. And so there was, this, there was a certain sense of what he was persuaded to do, he was going to have to maintain, <laughs> right? He was going to have to continue on. All right. And then in Exodus 17, you know the story where uh, the children of Israel were in battle and Moses had to keep his arms up in the air? The word about kept his arms raised is amunah. It's a steadfastness. As long as his arms were in the air, they were victorious, right? So it's a, there's some depth here to the word faith, and it's everything we think about, everything you, you and I do unto the Lord and others is an, out, is an outflow of that persuasion. He spoke to me. He loves me. He called me. He forgave me. He gave me. He's called me. He's gifted me, right? Are you with me? And so, so obviously, when we have this sense of persuasion from God, and we begin to walk that out. We're learning so much. Let's shift, and I want to show you something in James chapter 1. James, or Yaakov, Jacob. It's just following the thread and focusing on faith here. Verse 2, James 1. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Here we go. We're bumping into those two definitions together. A, a persuasion, a convincing, I am convinced. I am, I've got this. I know God is talking to me, leading me. He loves me. And now I have to walk it out and be persistent in it, right? And so if we do that and we bump into a trial, what are we bumping into? Another expression of what do you and I believe? Where is that faith? What are we walking with? What is, what is our source and our connection with God? This faith, this persistence that he loves us, that he's faithful, that he is, he is good to keep his word, that he has a hope and a future, that he has has prospering plans for us and not harming, that he is going to even deal with these points in our lives with trials, allowing us to produce more endurance, right? We know those who endure to the end receive that salvation. And so look at verse four. Maybe I'm talking just to myself. And let endurance have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, a maturity there. Lacking nothing. So there's something there that in trials brings out a new level of endurance, a new level of confidence that you make it. 
You know, he sustains you for 30 seconds and 30 seconds, and wow, I made it through the day, <laughs> right? Or he, you make it through the week, and you turn around, wow, look at God. I thought I, it was over. I was not going to make it, and it's been a year. Look at what God has done. That is how it, we walk it out, okay? It's not just the beginning. It's enduring, right? So even the testing, even the trials, man, the two choices there are is to give all my focus to the pain and the discomfort and the trial. Or I could recognize the pain and say, what is God going to produce if I walk through this and trust him even in the pain? It's, it's deep. It's not easy. But it's an encouragement because there's maturing to be done. There's maturing to be done. In verse 5, James 1, verse 5, For any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all without hesitation. He will give it to you. And without reproach, and it will be given, but let him ask in faith, without doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Ask in faith today for wisdom. So where, where, would you, where would you say um, that moment is um, uh, where maybe God reached you for the first time and you were like, I sense this is true. <laughs> I feel like he's drawing me. I can't stop thinking about this one thing. He's, I'm seeing him work in my life and I wasn't expecting it. Or maybe a season where you saw his faithfulness and you go, I know. I was at this point. And God intervened. I could see his fingerprints on the situation. And he, he took me to the other side. When are those moments? Stay connected with those moments because he's going to do, he's, that's an indication of how he works with you. Just like a parent knows how to work with each child uniquely, that's one of the ways he'll reach you. So for example, um, I, I get pictures or, um, you know, uh, pictures, or he'll give me a word, and then I'll begin to just start meditating on it. That's how he and I work together. It's a way that he continues persuasion with me. My wife, he'll give he'll give her a dream, and it's not all the time. It's not like uh, uh, every day there's seven dreams from God, but it's like you know she knows there are certain points. Okay, that's not what I normally I don't normally dream like that. Okay, I'm going to start praying into that and saying God. So uh some of us we we're encouraged and we uh, experience God's faith and persuasion when we're in fellowship with others, right? Some of us experience that when we're worshiping. Pay attention to how he does that. And I want to take you and land here tonight or this morning. Um I want to land at something that um that unpacked for me when I was trying to grow in understanding, not just knowledge of Bible and Scripture, uh, but grow in understanding of how um, God was working uh, in me. And I want to take you to Second Peter chapter 1. And we'll land here. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Would you say that with me? Say this, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Godliness. 
Wow. Through the knowledge of him who called it called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these things, he has given us precious and magnificent promises so that through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature. We get to participate (laughs) with God in holy things, in eternal things. We're doing that this morning. Since you have escaped corruption and the, the, the corruption that evil desires have brought into the world. So, look at this, verse 5. So, that for this very reason, make every effort, add to your faith virtue, or another word is goodness. Add to your faith goodness. Are you seeing that? So, when God comes to our lives and He makes that connection with us, invites us, and we go, He's real, He's talking to me. I have a choice to make, and I'm receiving, I'm reaching back. That's that point of persuasion, right? You can, some of you can remember what it was like before you, <laughs> you, you even believed, right? Some of you remember that. But now, it's time to add to your faith. Isn't that cool? Just a really cool admo- admonishment is, it's, that's just the beginning. <laughs> add to your faith, goodness. And, and then continue on. Verse 5, and add to goodness, knowledge. And add to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly love. And what should you add to brotherly love? More love. (laughs) And look at this. Look at these promises here. And for if these qualities are in you and increasing in you, and increasing, they keep you from being idle and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. Anyone who lacks these qualities is blind, nearsighted, because he's forgotten he's even been cleansed from his sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make all the more effort to make your calling and election sure that moment, those seasons where you know God was working in your life and you're responding to him, make them sure for if you keep doing these things, you will never fall. Wow. This is pretty deep. So here we go. We're talking about faith. We're talking about persuasion. And I'm going to go to the flip chart. I'm going to try to draw and talk at the same time. Um, and I want to walk you through this. Um, I wonder if I should move. All right, so I'm going to write down the list and just talk you through it, how I kind of process it in my head when I was younger, okay? So here's the door, faith, that moment of what, what did we say faith is? Persuasion, that sense that God's reaching us and we're persuaded and respond. Add to your faith, goodness. Okay, let's take, take the perspective of a new believer. Hey, I, I prayed this prayer. Something's changed inside of me. I know God's alive, and I'm, I'm just, I've got to learn more. I don't know what's going on, but you know what? I feel like I shouldn't do that thing where, you know, I have some friends that just, they don't believe in God, and they're kind of like acting in ways that it doesn't feel good. So I'm going to skip that, and I keep thinking I should help my neighbor, 
cut their grass. You know, just start doing something good, a good step. That's like a big victory, right? And then it says, add to, your, add to goodness, knowledge. You know what? I helped my neighbor. I had never really talked to my neighbor, but they were so happy. I'm like, this is cool. I'm, uh, I'm learning. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm walking out my faith. This is pretty good. But um, I don't know anything about the Bible. Do you guys do a Bible study around here? <laughs> I started reading my Bible, but I'm not sure what, what it all means. But I'm learning that God is love. I never heard that before. Whoa. So be con- continuing to grow and add to what? God gave them that persuasion in the beginning, right? And then to add to knowledge, self-control. So, okay, this is where I complain. Oh, really? This is hard. That one's hard. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'll I'll try it, but God, I'm going to need your help with that. Self-control is just uh, reining yourself in with God's help, not you just uh, forcing yourself. Uh, Just works, if that makes sense. But it's, yeah. Can I control myself or can't I? Well, God, I need your help in that area, right? All right, and then add to self-control, patience. Wow, I've got to learn (laughs) that it's not all going to happen now. It's not all about me. There's God involved and others involved. Yes, growing in patience. All right, and then add to your patience, godliness. Yeah, there's that sense or there's that moment where you start having a sense like, I'm gonna, I want to imitate God. I want to be more like Yeshua than more than how I was. I want to be more like that. Oh, wow, look at what um, the, the disciples did. Look what Abraham did. I want to do that. I want to be more like God, right? Add to godliness, brotherly love. And there's, there's that sense, reminder, we're not alone. This is not a solo journey, right? This is about family. This is the part, the family of God where he's pulled us together. Ta-da, I'm I'm talking to the choir because we're all here together this morning. And then add to brotherly love, love, for God is love, right? So take a look at this. Watch. Add to your faith goodness, add knowledge, add self-control, add patience, add brotherly love, to love, now what? <laughs> right back to faith. Right? Because it said, if you do these things increasing and continually, right, you will be fruitful and you will never fall. Isn't that awesome? So, Yossi, I see this as a continuum. And forgive me for taking artistic license, but I see this as a maturity continuum. As in the definition of, yeah. So what do you need, Yossi, to have complete trust? What needs to be provided for you before you say, I will completely trust? Yeah. So he was saying you, you need all of these things and a sense of satisfaction that what you do is right. Right, so there's a sense of needing to observe something, to trust something. There's a, there's a sense of needing to interact if I do this. When, then what happens, right? That's what Adonai satisfied in Abraham. Before he was Abraham, he was just Abraham, right? And he's still doing that in that us, in that 
that in us today. Is this somehow at all helpful or encouraging? Because I see um, one sense, I want to just kind of guide you a little bit here. In one sense, you could go, oh my gosh, look what I got to do now. I've got this whole list, more do's and, you know, things that I can't do on my own. No, that's, that's not how this goes. Um, in your relationship with God, he's a father, and he knows how to point on that one thing, right? If you know a good father or, or, a, or a grandfather or a parent, they know not to overwhelm their kids with 55 things because we won't remember, <laughs> right? One thing at a time, right? So... I would say that one of the things that has been encouraging to me, I felt like the Lord will draw me from time to time. The Spirit will draw me to this list and go, where am I at on this right now? Not an accumulative list where it all adds up and it feels heavy, but what am I working on right now? And there are points where I'll go, you know what? I'm right back at faith. God, I, I, this becomes a prayer, <laughs> right? Sense of God. I can scan and go, hey, in this season right now, you know what my prayer is, God? I need new persuasion from you. I need that. I'm running back to you. Let's go to a new level in this faith because I think I've used what I have. I think I need to mature in that area. What a beautiful prayer, right? To go back to the source, right? Not to, I'm going to muster up my faith. And you know, we only get so far on that on our own strength, right? And so let me just, let me let you do that for a moment. Where are you, if you were to look at that list, where would you say God's encouraging you, leading you, reminding you? One thing, is it patience? Is it brotherly love, loving others? You see, it's a very, very fundamental list. It's pretty awesome to be able to just scan and go, Lord, show me. Maybe it's time I need to study more. I need to grow in knowledge on a, on a matter what I understand about you. Maybe I need to love again. Maybe I need to work on love. And he'll give you the grace to do that because he who began a good work in you <laughs> is faithful to complete it. He is the author and the finisher of our faith and we're his kids and we're responding and learning one day at a time. So hopefully with God's help, you receive some encouragement that faith is something that God leads and initiates towards us and we respond and as we do, we learn to walk it out with steadfastness and grow in perseverance in it and learn how to grow more in a more fruitful way. Can I pray for you? Tada Elohim, Tada God for your faithfulness in us. God, thank you for rescuing us from ourselves. Thank you for catching us and, and saying, hey, you're mine. I have plans for you. I love you. Uh, you're not an accident. Here are some gifts. I'm drawing you to myself. I want to show you a better way. And I want to put you in a family and together grow as a family to make an impact in communities. God, I pray for your spirit to speak to each one, to hug, to affirm, to point on a, a, a correction or a stumbling area 
that creates closeness. God, that, that, uh, that grabs us and holds us tightly so that we feel that sense of encouragement, so we feel and lean on your chazak, your strength, God. God, thank you for these beautiful people. God, let your shalom reign inside so deeply that we can say, Baruch, bless you, are, blessed are you, O Lord God. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Amen.